Welcome. I'm Lauren Rosen, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Kelly Frankie, licensed marriage and family therapist. And this is Purely OCD. Kelly and I are OCD specialists who happen to also be in recovery from OCD ourselves. Each week we meet to talk about all things OCD, one topic at a time. You may notice we try to bring a little levity and humor to our discussion around this deeply painful disorder, as this has been a very powerful tool for our own recovery as well as our clients. If you'd care to join us, we record live on Mondays at 12.30 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube. We generally answer a few questions from our live viewers related to whatever topic we're covering that week. And if there's a topic you'd like covered, you can also submit a request on our website, purelyocd.com. And if you do find this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so we can gain more visibility to reach more people like yourself and help spread awareness of what it's like to live with OCD. Quick reminder, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. Hello. Hello. Welcome, everybody. How, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm getting over being sick. So if I start to cough too much, I'll mute myself. And There you go, and there you have it. Yeah, Lauren will take over. <laughs> I'll just take off. Hopefully, we're mind-melded enough that I can just pick <laughs> up whatever you were saying yep. and run with it. So... Maybe we start. So today we're going to talk about health anxiety, if you couldn't tell by the banner below. Um, But it's probably important to differentiate between health OCD subtype and illness anxiety disorder or health anxiety. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say to the extent that you can, right? Yeah. I mean, here's the reality is it's like splitting hairs. So at the end of the day... They might present slightly different. I don't. It's doesn't really matter because you treat them the same. Correct. In in terms of like how it impacts us, like some people would say that. Well, let's start at the beginning. So health anxiety is more around um, the fear of having a disease, whereas health OCD is like the fear of what if I get a disease, like contract AIDS or something to that effect. Right. Or, you know, contamination variation. Like what if I'm getting um, a cold or flu or. Yep. Yeah. And to your point though, it's like this, this is where it branches off. Right. So you can have health, you can have more stereotypically if you're having OCD around health, we think of contamination with HIV being a big one of those things for some reason. But then to your point also that like when it's health about, I don't know, cancer, we tend to group that with illness, anxiety disorder. And then if it's norovirus, we sometimes lump that in with emetophobia, which is the phobia or fear of vomiting, right? So as we've discussed probably an obnoxious amount of times on here, there's just so much overlap that, you know, these, these containers that we're talking about don't really matter. Um, They cannot be contained. They cannot be contained except for the fact that they matter because they're helpful in, in supporting people in, in sort of navigating their own experience because right. Like if you have this, like this subtype, you're going to see other people hear your own experience. That's going to be helpful in just normalizing what you're going through. Um, 
Yeah, because I mean, I could see an argument made for what if I contract or contracted HIV and it could be the same with other health issues Absolutely. too. It could be like, what if I get it in the future or what if I have it now? Like right. it, it's all, yeah. It's silly, but it's just probably what happened happen is a bunch of doctors got together and they're like, there's these people that keep showing up at my office <laughs> saying that they have um, cancer and they don't and they want lots of reassurance. But the reality is, is that's not any different than a subtype of OCD. No, it's not. I, I, one of the things I tend toward, and I don't know if you agree with this, um, is that if somebody has multiple subtypes, including, <laughs> and one of the subtypes includes like some form of OCD, like other form of OCD, then I might give them an OCD diagnosis because it's just like a catch-all versus somebody who is just presenting. Right. With, same. Here's, yeah. Yeah. So, same. but same, same. Yeah. So, um, so what obsessions have <clears throat> you seen come up in like in the course of your work around this particular theme? Um, I've seen so many, so, so many. So, it, could so many. Be, it could be HIV AIDS. It could be cancer. It could be a blood clot. It could be um, what's the one with, uh, where like, I think marathon runners get it and they deplete their cortisol or something. It's some type of disorder that I don't know. I'll have to look it up. I don't even know that one. Um, it's like your adrenal glands drain so much that it messes oh, wow. with your cortisol levels. I've, I've heard it a few times. That's why I bring it up. Huh. I think it's more recognized in Eastern medicine. Okay. Versus a Western thing. Sure. Um, yeah. Another one could be, oh, there's so many variations of cancer too. Yes. Right? So we might be like, okay, it's breast cancer. It's um, liver cancer. It's brain cancer. Brain cancer. It could be, um, what if I have a, a stroke or a um, seizure? Like, what if I have seizures? There's so many so many variations. I don't know if there's yeah. anything. No, you're absolutely right. And by the way, I just, um, because we're getting a chat <laughs> with the Instagram thing, this is all brand new people. Oh, okay. like, there are separate see anything. points on the Instagram feed versus the, the YouTube. So, um, uh, Kevin, uh, Foss is here. Hi, Kevin. He asked the, yeah. if it's the thing that, um, that Eddie Izzard got. Um, and I don't, I don't yeah. know. And then somebody said adrenal fatigue, question mark. Adrenal fatigue. Was it adrenal? It. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So that could be a, a concern back to the cancer things. No, I mean, it's just any way that you could get sick. And so we see this happening too, with things like, and we should probably do, episodes directly tailored to this, but like health, mental health anxiety, right? Concerns that you're going to contract or you have some sort of mental health diagnosis. Um, but it, it, like people are sometimes afraid that they're going to get dementia or that they're going to get Parkinson's or Alzheimer's, mm -hmm. like some of these neuro neurodegenerative sort of <clears throat> diseases. Um, I, I've seen ALS come up. Mm -hmm. Um, like, oh, is that a 
is that a twitch or is that just me feeling something in my body or right. so, and then you can see where also it's like, Oh, well, I forgot this. Does this mean that I have dementia or that I have Alzheimer's? Um, and we can see this coming up by proxy too. Like what if my loved one or family member has cancer has um, or maybe like a recurrence, you can see this happening if like they've experienced cancer in the past and it's like, oh, well, but what about now? Or what if they get Alzheimer's or what it like? Yeah, it's actually not. I, I do see that. I do see for people, individuals who maybe have had actual legitimate health issues themselves where they then become obsessed around what if it comes back or what if this thing happens again? Um Mm. Yeah, and doves tails into trauma, right? It, yes. It, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. My thoughts. Yeah. And so, just for those who are watching, um, I th I think I can speak for both of us probably, but you can fill in the blanks of whatever <laughs> I missed. But basically, the idea here being that like a discrepancy between tra a trauma response to an experience versus OCD is that sometimes the OCD isn't really generated by any sort of happening in the past. But for somebody who has this actual experience of struggling, um, you know, with cancer or with something else that it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of um, concern sometimes about what if it happens again. Um, and, yeah, somebody in the chat said trauma and OCD can co-occur together. Absolutely. Um, and right. re realistically, treatment for both is, uh, well, can be. It depends on your your lens. But uh, I think, again, our tendency is to go through the prolonged exposure lens for, for somebody who's deal dealing with trauma, which is, in effect, very similar to exposure and response prevention therapy. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, I'm just, I mean, I think there's a certain level of people where they've had some type of uh, physical issue or concern and then they have, you know, they worry from time to time versus somebody who's, let's say, had cancer, gone into remission, and now they're in our office and they're full on checking right. lymph nodes, checking for symptoms of that going to doctors excessively, getting MRI, CT scans, like, okay, yes. that's definitely not, I mean, it could be trauma related. There's, that makes perfect sense, but it very clearly is also OCD. Yes. Where the traumas in, it just really informed the OCD. In my opinion. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, and it can be hard to disentangle them at that point, but you're absolutely right that that it it's a, a response that's beyond what we would typically see for mm -hmm. somebody who's in recovery or remission, right. since we're using cancer from cancer, <laughs> um, that it's excessive and and perhaps more importantly, it's interfering with life. Mm -hmm. So whether it's, and I think that that's the thing is whether it's because something happened before or just because you're having a lot of thoughts in your mind about it, um, either way, it's interfering with your life. Yeah. Right. If you're responding to those thoughts, right. by trying to manage and control. 
Um, and it's interesting. Somebody said here, I think it's important that an OCD therapist acknowledges the person's trauma with medical events and not just say it's OCD because that's minimizing the person's actual experience. I couldn't agree more. I totally agree. And I also think I'm going to go a step beyond that and say, I think it's important to acknowledge that the person with OCD is, is genuinely afraid of something that could happen because I don't think saying it's OCD should de facto minimize the experience. Exactly. We're all, yeah, exactly. And it also the fact that it's, this is scary and it, it could happen. Right. Right. Like, I don't know what percentage of the population gets cancer, but a fair amount does get cancer. Right. right? Right. And the reality is that we are all ultimately headed in the same direction. Right. So something will get us eventually. And Mm -hmm. learning how to be with that fact is something that we're all dealing with, whether or not we've had this scary experience historically. Yeah. Um, yeah, It's It's certainly not our job to pathologize somebody though, because if they don't have trauma and we just assume that there's trauma, you know, we definitely want to check in on that first and then have, have space for that and compassion and you know, really clarify how this all makes sense that that obsession has now become this. So it's a lot of validation in that process. I was going to say, yeah, you're so right because validating correctly, right. Yeah. is going to depend on the person's life experience. So if somebody's had that, like had a diagnosis, had to contend with that, then validating their experience is going to involve acknowledging all of that versus somebody who hasn't had that experience. Validating the anxiety is going to look like, Hey, of course you're anxious. Mortality is scary. Um, you know, like mm-hmm. makes total sense, but the, it's going to depend on what the person's experience is. And also really quickly, Mike, I have a question for you. Um, yeah. what about the bottom line? Like the, like the core fear here, because mm. if we're thinking about somebody who has a fear of like, what if I can t- like have a, some type of, um, STD, Mm. Let's see, right, where they're like obsessively checking their groinal area and they're looking for symptoms and they're taking photos and looking online. Um, and consulting and, doctors, and consulting and, or, doctors or avoiding them, yeah. Right, or avoiding them. Um, and then somebody who has, you know, this fear of cancer, mm. do you see a, a difference? Yeah. I think there absolutely can be. And I, w- I really want to hear your thoughts on this too. But um, initially, I'll just say that somebody with fears about STDs, for instance, uh, oftentimes I'll see that being related to what if I infect my current partner? What if I infect my children, right? Unknowingly or unwittingly. Uh, I have to test. I have to check because if I do have an STD and I don't know it, then that could harm somebody else. So like the fear is that you're going to harm somebody else and you'll never forgive yourself versus there are people who are like, and then I'll die and I won't get to live my life and it will be horrible, right? Like that, that's the sort of central children behind and my partner and my family. Yep. Yep. And I'm not ready. I don't want to die. Right. Like all of those sorts of things. So it can be very varied, but uh, for everything from sort of moral scrupulosity to existential concerns. Yes. uh, Yeah. Definitely. That was what I was going to say is, yeah. Do you see any other, like uh, any other core fears jump out of you or like sort of central fears? Mm. 
I think it's, I think it all comes down to those two. I could mm -hmm. be missing something. I mean, there could be some variation, you know, there, again, these can't be contained, mm -hmm. but I think those are the, the main areas of concern. Okay, so this is really nerd talk and okay. interesting, but I just reflected on our past <laughs> episode, uh, episodes about sexual orientation OCD and the fact that this <laughs> came up in that context as well, that we were talking about how oftentimes sexual orientation OCD will boil down to either an existential concern that you're not going to live your life fully, correctly, to its utmost, and you'll be dissatisfied at the end of the ride, or... On the other hand, this moral scrupulosity, this concern that you're going to harm somebody else, that you're going to uproot their lives. Yeah. Um, so it's just interesting to notice that like these two very divergent themes do kind of share that commonality. And I wonder, and I think actually I was talking to Kevin about this last week. Kevin, if you're still here, you can, <coughs> you can chime in. Um, but the fact that I think John Hirschfield or uh, hypothesizes that it, all forms or subtypes can be broken down into a, a form of moral scrupulosity. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. It's just sort of an interesting piece that like what we're seeing here is that perhaps a lot of different subtypes or several subtypes anyway can be broken down into both either existential or, um, or moral scrupulosity. Interesting, yeah. He, he definitely says that, John. John does. Yep. Okay. I thought that was, um, yeah. Somebody said, how can you help someone who is always feeling thinking they are sick? And I, you know, well, this is going to be a whole series. So we're just talking today. Wow. Predominantly about, <laughs> about obsessions, right. And, and the <laughs> thoughts that pop in, uh, commonly with these, uh, with this particular subtype. Um, but I, I think from that vantage point, one of the central things that's helpful in recovery is helping people to see that their thoughts are thoughts and not necessarily facts. Right. This is true. But so how might you do that? Like if I came into session and I'm like, okay, I had this thought that I could have cancer and I'm really anxious about it. How would you help me to see well, but, but we're talking about a loved one and I don't know if it's the loved one's job to necessarily. Ooh, that's such a good point. Yeah. To like hold their hand because that's where burnout occurs, you know? Um, but I do want to touch on that, but Ooh, going. Can I quickly yeah. say something too? Yeah. Um, also, obviously like we can't give advice directly on here cause it's not therapy. So, um, if your loved one has a therapist and you're willing to, to the extent that you can collaborate with the therapist to support your loved one and your loved ones on board, um, we would want to defer to them as well. This is, these are just sort of general ideas. Yep. Absolutely. And I think, uh, there's a huge component of like, um, just validating fear, right? Like when you're dealing with a, a loved one and supporting them is like, I can tell you're scared. I know you're scared and I'm here for you. Or how can I support you? Or mm -hmm. I don't want to give in too much to this, right? Like I don't, I care about you and I love you. Um, what would be helpful in this moment that's not compulsive? That's around after you've had this conversation though, where the person's very clear on this is, OCD. And yes, I'm very aware and willing to talk about it because not everybody with 
an obsession is willing to have a conversation or have really high insight into here's this and I believe that this is OCD. In fact, I would say this subtype, you're going to see much lower insight in individuals. Right. Probably because there is such an overlap, like these things are more likely to happen, right? Like people right. can't dismiss them as readily. Like you take COVID for instance, like, well, what if I get COVID or what if I get long COVID? Like uh-huh. those are things that happen. So you're right. I think people are more fused or like sort of bound up in their ideas um, and their fears. So, but you make such excellent points. Um, well, that, and also they get hyper fixated on the symptoms and almost can generate symptoms, yes. right? Yep. Like, hmm if you see someone yawn, then you start to yawn, which I know is actually not a, like, I think that that's actually a biological response, but that's just an example. It's like, if I have a client telling me that they're having a hard time breathing, Mm. I'll notice like, okay, I'm having, having a hard time breathing now. (laughs) Like I have to check myself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That you start (laughs) sort of like checking in with your breath and then all of a sudden you feel things and you're like, is that normal? Because before you weren't really paying attention to your breath. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that it's harder to ignore them. It's harder to come back to like, you know, with the reality of, yes, I don't know. Yes, it is harder to, and I think that that comes back to the fact that like, I, one thing I want to call out is this idea that thoughts are thoughts, right? If you, have a thought, like I could have cancer, that, that recognizing that that thought could be fact or fiction, right? But ultimately it's a thought, just like a book or a movie can be based on a true story or totally made up, right? Yeah. Um, and so recognizing, okay, we want to just be able to look at this thought as though it's a thought instead of treating it immediately as though it's a fact. Um, right. And noticing and noting that this, this thought generates this feeling, which is anxiety. Yes. Being like, okay, anxious or anxiety. (laughs) This is anxiety. (laughs) Right. And then we have a choice. How do we want to respond to it? Because sometimes, well, not sometimes, a lot of times people think because I'm anxious, it must be true. Right. So there's a lot of emotional reasoning that goes on. Yep. And so instead of doing that, we go, oh, look, just because I feel this doesn't mean I have to respond to it. It doesn't mean that it's super important. It doesn't mean that this is truly happening, right? Right. fear is saying your life is in danger. Right. And when that's activated, it's really hard with every cell in your body to say, you know what, maybe I just gamble this and see where this goes is really hard to do, guys. It is really hard to do. Your, yeah. your amygdala is like, warning, warning. <laughs> and you're like, your ah. life is in danger. You're going to have cancer. You're going to get a blood clot. You're going to die any second. Right. It's, it's terrifying. a really scary thought. It is. And I think one thing to keep in mind there too is that you're trying to reason with a part of the brain that's nonverbal. Nonverbal and totally non-negotiable. It's right. dealing, it's... <laughs> the imp of the mind it's the imp of the mind and once it's set off it's gonna do its thing until it it like resolves of its own accord so any like i'm gonna like now try and fix my amygdala and stop it from firing it's not gonna it's not gonna work yes 
that's why one of the reasons, one of many reasons why compulsions or safety behaviors, trying to make sure <laughs> that you don't have whatever you're afraid that you have is not like excessively make sure right. that you're not afraid that, that you don't have what you're afraid you have doesn't make sense. Right. Exactly. But, and this is probably something we'll touch on more with the um, compulsion side of things or safety behavior episode, which is next, but with this subtype and, and with all to some extent, it's important to say like, okay, well, what's not excessive? You know, if, right. if I am what's having reason, yeah. If I'm having physical symptoms, um, then, you know, maybe I, maybe I go to the doctor once, right? Yeah. <laughs> maybe. We'll, we'll spend a good amount of time, I think on that, in yeah. the compulsion section. So hopefully look forward to that. Yeah. I will hope you'll join. One thing, um, we've got two comments here, um, about, well, let's just take this one. Cause I know we're, we're getting close to being out of time, but, um, somebody said, can meditation help with OCD? Do you want to field that? It certainly can. I mean, that's kind of what we were just saying, like noticing thoughts and noticing feelings without judgment, which is kind of the core of mindfulness and meditation. It's not going to solve OCD, to be clear. It's not going to make OCD go away. It's going to allow objectivity and slowing down your response time to it. And it yeah. takes a long time to get there. You know? Uh, it sure does. It takes a lot of practice to, to slow down in the <laughs> face of the warning signs yes. going off. Um, I can support you greatly though over time. Agreed. Um, you know, and somebody else was saying negative thoughts. I have negative thoughts as soon as I wake up. I repeat to do certain actions until my negative thoughts turn to positive thoughts. And, you know, you could certainly see this coming up in pretty much any subtype. Um, right. It's just that's totally a mental compulsion. Right. I mean, in theory, anyway, it sounds, it sure sounds like it. And, you know, the trying to, I'm going to just do this until I have a good thought. It's like, but what, what else could you be doing with your life in that moment? Yeah. <laughs> like, could you be doing something else that means more to you than just trying to have a positive thought? Right. Um, Cause I bet there's a big world out there. And, and the more you push it away, the more it'll come back ironically. So yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I'm looking forward to having our discussion on uh, part two with regard to the uh, the compulsion side of things. Um, and we'll definitely be talking about treatment because somebody asked a question about treatment in the third installation, um, which will be not two weeks from now. So four weeks from now, two plus two equals four. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> I actually just figured that out right now and you said it. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're geniuses. Yeah. Um, so yeah, two weeks from now, we'll We'll be talking, yes, is that right? Two yeah. weeks from now, we're talking compulsions. And then uh, four weeks, we'll be covering recovery and treatment. But thank you for a robust discussion today, everyone. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Um, and yeah, as always, feel free to send us messages with requests, for things to cover. Um, and yeah, we yeah. will look forward to seeing you next time. Okay, adios. All right, bye. Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. 
If you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. You can find past episodes on our website at purelyocd.com. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you would like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD. Thank you.